0: It's good to be with everyone this morning. It's a privilege to share once again. It's so nice to be here. It's, uh, it's amazing what Josh shared that next week it's going to be live um, as of with we normally film on a Wednesday. And so this, although the chairs are empty, I know that you are with me on Sunday watching this message. So it's good to be with you, I thought I would um, share something funny. Um, I, I think I've shared one of these, some of these before, but these are um, real-life church bulletins that have been either said out loud during a service or they've been um, written on a sign that you would see if you were to drive past this church. And uh, I'm just going to read some of them to you because they just make me laugh. It says, Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Bring your husbands. (laughs) Hey! The uh, the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, what is hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. (laughs) Don't don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. (sighs) These are actually things that have been said... (laughs) This, this this being Easter Sunday, we will ask Miss Lewis to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. Woo! All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> All right, so... Um, yeah, this morning I just want to um, share with you um, a continu- continuation from uh, Josh's message last week where we are just in this extraordinary time and where we are seeing in the news um, and, and over our land that there seems to be, there is limitations, restrictions, all for our safety. We have to recognize as the people of God that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that we have the power and the guiding from the Holy Spirit to thrive in any situation. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And and Josh, you opened this morning's service. I love it. Psalm 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. And this morning, I just want to touch on a subject um, that is dear to me, because I would say in my last uh, five years of uh, pastoring church, in churches, this is a topic that I've spoken many times. I think this is the first time I've shared it here with you. But it's the topic of hunger. It's the topic of being hungry at all times. I'm going to share for a few minutes, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to go back into worship. But I want to I want to share with you that the, the the story of Exodus. I'm not I'm not going to go too deep into it. But you all have your Bibles, Exodus is the, the beginning of the story of when the children of Israel are liberated from Egypt. God, God uses Moses and he takes the people and he takes them from Egypt through the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea, into the wilderness and then into the promised land. And the story of God's nature and God's hand, of how he cared for his people is actually explained to us in a psalm that I'm going to read to you. But but the, these people, the children of Israel, they were promised by God when they were leaving Egypt that God had for them cities that they were going to inherit, that they were going to inherit vineyards that had already been planted. There were houses that had already been built that there was going to be for them. So when, these, when the children of Israel were walking through the wilderness, when they got to see other cities, I imagine most cities that they see, they think, well, this must be it. This is the promised land. This is a city. This is a vineyard. This is exactly what God wanted. But as we know, as we read, that actually God was moving them past cities and things that maybe they thought, and God had a better plan, something ahead of the journey that they couldn't see. But how the Lord used the wilderness how the Lord used the wilderness to create hunger. I'm just going to read to you, it's Psalm 107, and, and, and this is a very long psalm, as those of you who have read it, but this is reflecting back about this period of time that I'm sharing. It said, Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. And then this is the hook. For he satisfies the thirsty, and he fills the hungry with good things. He fills the hungry with good things. You know, what, what we have just read here is essentially the book of a big chapter of, of Exodus in only a few verses in the Psalms. But there are parts to it that we're reading in this that I want to share that just highlight on for you. Is that the promise was given and then they found themselves wa- walking in a desert, in a wilderness. And, and right there, promise, desert, or wilderness, or whatever you want to say, is something that for us, for a people of God, we must never forget. We must, not remember, we must not forget that the process, and you read it throughout scripture, whatever call of God is on your life, to you who's listening or watching this, the call of God on your life, be prepared and be expectant that you will go into a wilderness. If, if, if you hear it preached from here that that doesn't happen, that is a false gospel. That there is a stripping that the Lord does with all of us with all of us. And this is not something to hide from. This is not something to run away from. This is realizing that it's in times of great limitation is where you meet God, where you find him anew, where he refreshes you, where he, he pours into you and then the door opens. We, I remember hearing Jen, Jen Baker share a couple weeks ago you know, she, would have, she, she told us very briefly a, a wilderness season that she went through and she declared over herself every day that the door is wide open, that the door is wide open. But recognize in this, what we've just read is that they said in their struggle, in their pain, in their disappointment, the children of Israel, they were, they were, their hunger, their hunger was so deep and their lives were ebbing away. Then it turns, it's, it's in verse, it's in verse six. They, they said, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. You see, they cried out to the Lord, God, help us, help me. We need you, God. We need you now. You recognize that that is the sound of someone in the wilderness, someone in a desert place. If that is you, just say it right now. God, I need you. God, we need you right now we're so aware of what we are not compared to you, God. God, we need you. And then it says, the Lord led in a straight path to the city that they were promised. You see their destiny, their assignment, however however word you want to put on it, this is about us. It was when they were at their weakest that they turned to the Lord and said, God, I need you. Is that that is when God led them down a straight path and said, follow me, you're now ready. You're now ready. And worship breaks out. And then, the, and then the last thing that I said that encompasses this message. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. What are we hungry for right now? What are we hungry for? You know, hunger comes from a place of humility. And which, which humility, it keeps us in a place of dependency on him. Are we dependent on God right now? And that's a very broad statement. Very broad statement you can say, but in your heart of hearts right now, is your heart leaning towards the Lord saying, God, I'm here. God, you know everything that's going on in my life right now. Before I say any word, you know what I'm about to say. Any step I'm about to take, Lord, you know where I'm going. Father, I am dependent on you. Every breath comes from you, God. You see, God uses the wilderness to reset us. It's to reset us, to to in a way take away maybe the things that we've been snacking on that give us maybe a very short glimpse or a moment of satisfaction. But God is saying, I have something to give you that you will never thirst again and never be hungry again for. He, Lord, does not use the wilderness to draw, to to punish us or to draw us away. It's the opposite. Hosea 2 4 14. Therefore, I'm going to allure her and I will lead her into the wilderness and I will speak tenderly to her. Can you see what the Lord does in dry times? in times of wilderness, in times of desert places, where you feel like you do not have enough to give, where you feel like you don't know where you are, you're confused. Lord, I was so strong. I remember, I mean, the Psalmist writes, Lord, I remember standing in your temple, but now I don't know where you are. But we have those moments where, God, I remember what you did for me a month ago, six months, a year, and you're remembering the testimony. But you're like, Lord, where are you now? Could it be, could it be that you are exactly where God wants you to be because He has brought you to a place where there is nothing but yourself and Him for you, for, for, to allow Him to speak to you in this time of restriction. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. You know, humility in a season like this, in a season like this, for me, has brought me back to the very simple, the simplest the simple way of seeing God as our shepherd. I, I preached many months ago about Psalm 23, and I know, and I heard this, and it, I heard this this part to the Psalm 23, which I'd never seen before. And if you recognise, when you think of countries all around the world, most countries they choose to have an animal that represents their country. So if you were, all right, so England, we, we have the lion and we use the lion as the picture of our nation. Now, if you go to Trafalgar Square, I think I have a picture, there you go, picture of Trafalgar Square. Here, you see a picture of a lion. Or if you are from Russia, you have the picture of the animal of the bear. You know, everything within Russia is, is all encompassed in that animal. But what's interesting is that if you take what the countries are doing, and then we open up our Bibles to Psalm 103 and ask this this question to ourselves, God, what animal are we when you look at us? He says, know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So here you go, here's a picture. This is who we are to the Lord, the people of God. You guys feeling strong right now? Do you, feel, you, feel, you feeling strong? Feeling like a strong sheep? Yeah, that's a strong sheep right there. That's a strong sheep. But, but I want you to look at this in the lens of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about humility, guys. And I promise you, um, this is going to sound demoralizing, but it's not my intention. But just listen to this. I don't know if God could have chosen um, an animal more weak as this. Sheep, They only move in groups, and there's no such thing as sheep trainers. You can't make them into circus animals. You can't make them roll over or jump. Sheep on their own, they can't find safe pastures. They can't rest. Sheep, perhaps the animal, are least likely to actually be able to look after themselves. If they find grass, they will eat, and they will stay there until they've eaten all the grass and then not know what to do. They don't have claws, they can't bite, they are defenceless, they are frightened by noise. A barking dog can disperse hundreds of sheep in one bark. You see, we're not a lion or a bear, but what makes us unique, church family, is that we are the only animal that's dependent on the shepherd to survive. We are the only animal that we are dependent on on the shepherd to look after us. So when I think through the lens of humility and how, how, we, how in this time of where we are, we are going through so much change. And when I'm talking about the hunger, are you hungry for the Lord? My question is, have you recognized the facts that I've just read out as the people of God of saying we are so vulnerable without him? There is nothing that we cannot do without him. Even on our best day, we still have nothing to defend ourselves against in sheep context. You know, Jesus builds upon this, John 15. I, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will not be even more fruitful. So you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Listen to this, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself and it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Like this is not a poem, this is a promise. This, This is a strategy. We cannot bear fruit if we are not connected to him. And what a time to bear fruit, church. Amen, in this time. What a time. Amen. You know, it goes on to the King David think about this kid. this is not Shepherd boy David. This is King David. He had everything that he wanted. He, could say, he had to say one word and anything would be granted to him. He had the military power to conquer any nation. And yet before the Lord, he, he would say things like this, Psalm 40. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my helper, my deliverer. You are my God, do not delay. You see, hunger is it's just a sign of humility. It's recognizing this is where I am and I serve an amazing God. And regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the season that we are in, what we read before, I will praise the Lord at all times this is a season to get hungry again church you know hunger hunger is a sign of humility but then i'm also going to say it's also very persistent so you have hunger which is humility and persistence together and where i have seen this persistence in my life is through my children I'm talking to the mums and dads that probably can relate to everything that I'm about to say right now. But I, there is something that I see with my eyes that when I see my children getting excited for dessert after dinner and the noises that they make. But it, I mean, it, it's been expanded upon where last year, uh, Evie turned three and her third birthday, I would say, was the first birthday where she, she finally clocked it. Birthdays is where I get presents. Birthdays is where um, you have a cake, where you have your friends, where you have your, you know, your, your family around you. And what happened after her third birthday is a few days later, she started talking about her fourth birthday. And it got to the point where it was so much that I was like having them to explain to a three year old how a calendar month works and how there are 12 months to go and they don't have context for time because it was not, it wasn't like, oh, it's okay, I have to wait. It was, when? Daddy, when? When am I going to have another birthday? To the point where, I mean, we moved 31st of December. We moved um, and we got on our flight from Chicago back to London and we were coming home to be with you guys. And, and and as you can imagine, going through an airport with four children, my wife was pregnant with all our bags and we took everything we had. I mean, just the just the sight of seeing your chair as you're walking onto the plane, it's the sign of rest. You know, you you see that chair and as soon as you sit down, you're like, oh, we made it. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it to England. And I remember turning to Ruth and and, and Evie and Olivia and just saying to the guys, kids, are you ready to go home? Like, we're going to see grandpa and grandma. We're going to see our family. And Evie's like, yeah, but I just, I want to talk about my birthday cake. And I'm like, Evie, we are, we're going to have a birthday cake. You're not going to miss out. I promise you. She's like, yeah, but I want to talk about it. And so I remember, like, the plane is, like, just taken off, and, like, and actually I'm, like, getting, setting myself up with the media headset and get myself locked in to zone out. And she's like, Daddy, I want to talk about the cake. I want to talk about the rainbow cake. Months go by. And again, this is, this is another thing. This is, I'm telling you, Persistence. There was, there was one point when we were—this um, was a couple months ago, and, and, and um, I guess, you know, as parents, you know, sometimes your kids, they get tired, and they just don't listen, and they're just getting a bit unruly. So it got to the point where it was dinner time, and I had to take Evie out of the kitchen— and I was like, I just need to talk to her because something's not right. You know, She's not behaving the way she normally does and we need to talk. And I did, and as well as you can relate as parents, sometimes you know what you need to do, but sometimes you don't know what to say. And I was like, this behavior needs to stop, but I don't know what to say. So I took her out of the room and kitchen and we went and sat on the first step of our, of, of, um, of our landing and I, suddenly just went into forgetting that I'm not. I'm talking to a three-year-old and I thought I was talking to an 18-year-old or an adult. And I just said, Evie, is there something that we need to talk about? And she went, yeah, we need to talk about rainbow cakes and my birthday cake. We, we need to talk about my birthday cake. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is serious persistence. And it, every time she talked about it, it was a smile on her face. It was like, this is... All I'm thinking about, because it's going to be so good. And as you know, some of you know, it was her birthday last week. And I got a picture to show you. And yes, she got to eat her rainbow cake. And that face shows you that she was satisfied. Verse 9, for he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. This desire that she had, what I learned from, started last year, it was unwavered. She did not give up. She did not become cynical. She did not become frustrated. She did not, black, she did not blame anyone for the lack of cake. She stayed hungry, excited, expectant. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. You see, physically speaking, when we eat, our hunger disappears. But spiritually speaking, church, what you eat, the more you eat spiritually, the hungrier you get. The more you spend time with the Lord, the hungrier you are for him. The more you read, the more you want to go deeper with him. It is the more you expose yourself to him, the more he exposes himself to you. And this is where it comes to the hunger levels. How hungry are you right now? How hungry are you for, for, for the Lord to fill you with good things? You know, speaking in food terms, Paul writes to the Corinthians and he said, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. And indeed, you are still not ready. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, that's a hard thing to hear from a preacher speaking to a church. You're not ready for the meat that I have to give for you. You see, milk, the milk of the word, or you'd say the milk, the milk is what others have digested for you. The milk is someone else's work. But the meat, listen to this, the meat is what you're hungry enough to go after yourself. This is where it comes into hunger. The meat is what you're hungry enough to go for yourself. And the meat of the word is when you get hungry and you've tasted something and you know there's more and you want more and you keep pursuing him. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you so much in my life, but I am persistent because I know that there is more to be had in this season. They work together, humility and persistence. And where there is restrictions right now in the natural, spiritually, there is no restriction. Where the Spirit of the Lord is freedom. And this is a time where the church thrives because we get to go deeper with the Lord and into His presence and doing the things that we know that maybe we've been putting off because we've been too busy. Psalm 42, David writes, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my Lord. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. See, the living, guys, the living God is seeing him move in your in your world, in what you're doing. What is God saying to you today? What does he want to give to you? It's the daily bread. But it's being expectant to know that we're not serving a God that is just written words on a paper of what he did years ago. He's moving right now. And it's the hungry that get to taste of what he's doing. This is not striving. Church, please don't hear me. This is not about doing more. This is about recognizing that we have a loving father, that he is our shepherd and he wants to feed you. He wants to protect you. He wants to grow you, mature you, lead you into the destiny that God has for you. This is talking about Exodus. He led them when they got to a place the children of Israel, of utter dependence on him. He said, now they're ready. And he led them on a straight path and they went into the promised land. The wilderness, if you're in a wilderness right now, my question is, what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for right now? You know, I, I'm saying to myself, what am I hungry for? And I wanna see God move. This is recorded on a Wednesday, Friday, Friday which will be two days after you watch this message, right here, down here. If you guys remember the message I preached the second week of the series of Justice, I talked to you about a couple who I have been working and just um, getting to know over these past um, many months. Uh, during during these times of COVID, I was helping them with food. I was helping them with um, uh, buying um Medicine. I knew that the Lord had put me in their path just to be Jesus to them. And, and, and as you know, I shared that really sadly that the husband got diagnosed with a um, very serious form of cancer, and the doctor has given them months to live. And, and the two things that he asked when I said to him, Hey, what do you need? He said, I want us to, I wish that I'd finished my garden, and I wish that I had renewed my wedding vows. And as you know, James Porter and Mike Smith and myself, we went over to that house and we, did, we finished their garden for them and did everything they can to make it how they wanted. And this Friday, which will be last Friday for you listening, we are gonna do a renewing of their vows in this building with their friends and family. And I am praying that I am hungry for them that they get to meet Jesus for the first time, that they get their family, get to see and taste how good the Lord is in this time. I am hungry for a move of the Spirit over, over us as a people, over this nation as a time that we need God to move. And, I'm, and it's rather than just saying, I'm hungry. I, I, I am expectant going, this is what God does. This is what God does. He fills the hungry with good things. In a season of limitation, church, this is a time where we get to be liberated, knowing that we have a loving Father and that He wants to feed us good things. Are you hungry? Are you hungry, church? It's okay if you're not. The question is, if you recognize that you've been snacking on things that have just made you maybe sitting down, maybe just a little bit tired, maybe a little bit like, maybe cynical, maybe just a bit bored. If it is, just say to the Lord, I need you. Just the very word and acceptance of saying, I am in need, is a place of heart saying, God, I'm submitting myself unto you. You are the great father. You know what you are doing in this time. Josh said, God, we we know some, but we don't know everything of the good that you've been doing in this time. And it's the hungry that will see it. Worship team, I'm going to ask you to come up and we're going to just go back into worship. We're going to play that song that we played uh, that Josh got us to repeat because I just think that's such an important song in this time. But I, I just want you to put your hand on your heart, just between you and the Lord. With everything that I've said, I've talked about wilderness. I've talked about desert times. I've talked about being hungry and being persistent at all times, being the humility and the persistence. I just want us, I want us to pray together. I'm praying for my own heart. Lord, that we would be hungry at all times. Lord, That there's something that you, God, you delight in surprising your children of just how good you are, even in a time like this. don't you put your hand on your heart, Father, I just pray, Lord, that we would be an expectant people, Lord, and that we would be a hungry people in this time. Lord, that the limitation outside does not determine the limitation within. Holy Spirit, I pray for a reviving of us, a reviving of our hearts in this time. Lord, that we would be hungry for what you are doing in this time. Lord, this is a prayer that you love to answer. This is a prayer that you love it when your people say, God, we're hungry for you again. Lord, we've heard the stories and the testimonies of what you can do, and we're saying yes and amen, Lord, but they happen right now. They happen in our time. They happen right here, right now. Father, we're believing, Lord. We're believing in you. We're believing that you are our Lord and our Savior and you know exactly what we need. Father, we are hungry for you. Amen.